Hello, and welcome to the Rathpeak in Pinecast. This week, Cormac O'Neill joined Dinny in the interviewer's chair to grill the self-styled Dimitar Berbatov of Rathpeak and Hurling, Keen Clifford. Keen is currently living in Boston and talked to the lads about his fond memories of playing with the club, the big matches of his career and his trend-setting ways. Enjoy the chats and have a good and safe weekend. Welcome to the second episode of the Rat Peak and Pinecast. The Pinecast is where we'll be having a chat with somebody different from the associated with the club over a number of weeks. Um, you know, we'll have a pint and have a chat, see how it goes. This week in the interview chair, I'm joined by Cormac O'Neill, and we're both delighted and truth be told, slightly nervous about uh, having a chat here with Boston exile, King Clifford. Keen, as you all know, was a rock for the club and hurling of football before departing these shores. So, Keen, welcome. Welcome to the Pinecast. How's the forum? You're doing well? Thanks, lads. Um, yeah, doing very well here. Just keeping it in. So, it's snowing here pretty heavily, so we're just hunkering down. So, so Keen, let's start off by asking, how did you uh, end up in Boston? How long were you there? And how did you end up there, basically? Um, so, I was working with EMC in Ballincollig, and um, EMC's home office is based there, just outside Boston, a place called Hopkinton. Um, so, I'm, I'm in the IT department, of, was in the IT department of EMC, and there was a project came up in Boston, so they asked me if I was interested in working over here for six months. So I did, and that six months turned into eight years now. Is it eight years? Yeah. Wow. Are you eight years, man? It'll be eight years in October, yeah. And you mean to say they haven't deported you yet? Jesus, they're very slow over there. What? Well, there was talk of putting me on the other side of the wall, but that never turned out. <laughs> but come here, listen, um, as you probably know, uh, the whole talk over here at the moment is is COVID lockdown restrictions. Um, you know, most of us have actually forgotten where the football pitch is at this stage. We're locked down so long. But mm. we're just wondering, you know, how have you felt it over there in Boston? You know, has it been strict lockdown? Is it casual enough? Or, or how does it contrast to how we're getting on over here? Uh, so I'd say possibly the polar opposite, I'd say, of the experience that you guys have at home. So there was a lockdown for maybe a week back last year, maybe June. Since then, everything has pretty much been open, but you have to wear a mask everywhere. It's about the only restriction. We can travel anywhere. There's obviously there's no contact sports, all right. So there's been no GA, no soccer. Um, but golf courses have been open, so a lot of the GA lads are playing golf pretty full time just to keep some way active. But restaurants are open, pubs are open. You just stay six feet apart and wear a mask. But everything else is pretty much normal. So you're working from home, um, so you are at the moment, Keen, you're not going into your office or anything like that, no? No, I'm, I'm working from home now, full-time. We've been working from home since, pretty much since kickoff, since last March, and there's no end in sight to this. So we sold our brick-and-mortar premises. They didn't renew the lease um, in June last year, so we now have no fixed abode, essentially, until this is all over and someone decides whether we're going back to offices or we might all stay remote. Hmm. So, Keen, let's get on to the, the, uh, the GA. So... Maybe some, how did you get started in GA or where did you start? Uh, so I'm sure, as most of you know, my father was uh, heavily involved in the Pearshig um, and the Skeena Skull and Muscalisa gone as well. So I kind of had no choice. Really, I was playing since GA since I was four. And um, up in the Pearshig in the street leagues. 
Um, so a lot of the fellas that play with Rapik and right now would have started the same way I played street leagues with Bevan and Punchy and a few other lads. So I think a lot of us kind of started up in the Pearson side in the hall. So I played underage all the way up until well junior A. So I played a bit of senior, not much, but junior A. Um, and then I left in Pearson when I was about 25, maybe, 26, and went to Rapikin because my father had had absconded as well and switched allegiances to Rapikin. So he was pressuring me for a couple of years beforehand to come down and join Rapikin, but I kind of still had visions of playing senior football more than hurling, but never really turned out or never really worked out. So left him went to Rapikin. Uh, and I'll tell you what, Keen, um, it was actually, it was great that you did come to Rapik and look, as you probably know, I'm a bit of a blow-in myself, but, you know, I, I've heard a lot about you lads around here would say you could have played county, you know. Um, do you think you had that skill level to play county or were you just happy enough to, to move to Rapik and or what's your take on that? Uh, in football, maybe when I was younger, I might have had a chance to play in county, never hurling, I'd say. Maybe not. I'd have been maybe a decent footballer when I was 20, 21. But when the PRC, then hurling was always kind of came first. So. But I always preferred hurling to football, so it kind of, that always came first. This will definitely make the, um, the radio ad anyway. Clifford says he could have played county. It would be uh, popular around the neighbourhood. But um, <laughs> it was the booze and the women. It was the booze and the women. Yeah, Georgie Best. Where did it all go wrong, Keen? <laughs> Doing podcasts. <laughs> yeah. When when you came to Rapik and then so what what year was that? Was like maybe two thousand ten or something? Was it two thousand nine? Maybe. No, to, yeah, I'd say two thousand eight, two thousand nine, because I left for the states in twenty thirteen, and I had played maybe four or five years at that stage. And back, that's like whatever ten, eleven years ago now. Tell us about your experiences or any standout matches from that time. I'm sure it's probably the same memories. I'd say for a lot of the lads that were on that team were. Like that first county final that Donneray beat us with the last puck of the yeah. game. Just thinking about that regularly, really, even recently. Like with COVID now, when there's kind of no GA happening anywhere, it's, it's kind of a lot of time to be reminiscing and kind of thinking about games gone by. And like my career now is coming to, I suppose, to an end. Not in Rapik in terms, but in, in real life terms. <laughs> um, so I've only a few years left, so I can't afford to be skipping seasons at this stage. So we had a few county finals in the space of two or three years with that hurling team. Um, it's a Castle Nagner beat us in another one. So all, all those games are kind of still kind of pretty raw and fairly, I'd have a fairly good memory. I can still think of a lot of even the plays within those games. So yeah, those memories will be fairly raw. Um, Great days down in the club for football games that we won. We beat Whitechurch there just, my last game was a semi-final against Whitechurch that we beat. We beat them out in Ballinock. And we had a great, like the days then the square, some of the best days I ever had, sitting in the square having points watching the soccer after games on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Is there any, uh, Keen, just on that, right? It's kind of like two follow on questions, right? Do you think for, and I'm not, a, I'm not a hurler, as you well know, right? But do you think with those two county finals that I would have seen that you guys left them behind you, right? Do you think yeah. that you, you guys should have at least gotten one of them? Or, you know, were you beaten by the better team on the day? Or was it just bad, uh, bad decision making? Or, you know, or do you just go over it and over it and there's no answer to it? You just move on. Yeah, the first game against Dan, I really felt we left it after us and that it was literally the last puck of the game. It was a 65. And I, I was in full back with Richie Reardon with a man each inside in the square. And I can still remember the ball coming in. And I can remember it bouncing in front of Brendan McGain and going into the net. It was heartbreaking. But yeah, I think that there was a good game of hurling that mm. day. And then I guess Castle Magna, we were very he heavily fancy and we just didn't turn up. 
I feel that that one was kind of the better team one in the day. The first one I kind of feel we left it after us. Like Brendan Horn got a game yeah. in that first game to get us back into it. It was kind of momentum was with us and I kind of felt that we should have seen it out. The second one we didn't deserve it. I don't yeah. know if anything's different, but the second one I didn't feel that the better team lost that day. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think we got two points, Keen, maybe three points in the first half. And look, that's not good enough in any yeah. county final race. Um, so, yeah. Are you saying uh, the game or the Castle game? The Castle, the second game. I, I can remember the second one. So, I, I was, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was just, it was under lights as well. And I think we, yeah. That second game as well, they got maybe 10 or 11 points from freeze. So our discipline yeah. was terrible that yeah. game. Yeah. First day, it was, was like a silver room. Yeah. They didn't see that ball coming in. And last puck of the game to lose by point after getting us back into the game and getting ahead. If we just were able to defend that one ball, we'd have had a comfy final in the bag. Yeah, I still think uh, about that one a lot. You, you mentioned that a couple of times now, Keen, that you think about it a lot. You yeah. know, and I, I think the that whole Junior B competition is it was a great it's a great competition for the smaller clubs, and like Rap Pekin being yeah. you know one of the few clubs around that you know it's got a pub and a pitch gun and a school right you know so it's a pretty small uh, area yeah. surrounded by big clubs. What do you think made that you know we got to a couple of county finals? Fair enough, we didn't bring home the the money, but what do you think makes the small club? Or what's attractive? What's the fun part about the small club, in your opinion? It's the, it's the camaraderie, really, in the sense of it's much more of a familial feel than the Pearshake. It's a smaller club. We're all living within a couple of miles of each other. And a lot of us would go and have points together at the Friday nights playing darts. There's some great nights there together. And the majority of those lads were fellas that played in the team. That same team as well, we got to Donneray, we had a couple of... The, the, the timing was very good. I came from the Pearshake, Martin O'Sullivan, come back from the Pearshake, Aidan O'Brien, joined from Klein. So we kind of had a lot of good players that kind of came together. And that was the time I really felt we had our best chance of winning it was that first year. Mm. So you said, Derek Keane, you've mentioned it a couple of times now, right? So I got to ask you, we're talking about your memories on the pitch, but I want to ask you about your memory off the pitch. Could you tell us the best night you've had, Rapik and GAA related, um, in the Squire. Can you even remember um, what that would have been? <laughs> Is there a standout moment off the pitch uh, that you can remember a night out? Yeah, <clears throat> they all kind of feel like one long night out, really. That Whitehurst game, that last football game, that we stopped them by the knocking at a few points and kind of worked our way up to the Squire and we were at it for the day. But the best nights, the best days I remember are usually the Puck Fada days. We had some great days there. Yeah. Having the puck fall at 11 o'clock, and you'd be there then for yep. the there'd be darts on in the afternoon, and we'd be playing our own game of darts. And those they're the best days I remember in the square. And those, those Friday nights, yeah, puck fall was legendary until two and three in the morning were some of the best nights we ever had. Yeah. It was actually, uh, did you ever about... did you ever bring home the puck father trophy? Sorry, did, did you ever bring home the puck father trophy? Like, are you, a, <coughs> we are brought you home past... the trophy one year, right? We had to give it back because Punchy was cheating. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, I should rephrase that question. Did you ever win the Puckfather Trophy as opposed oh, to well, not officially? <laughs> but we definitely got our hands in the okay. trophy. <laughs> uh, you, 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 you don't have to retire to keep playing that, so you might get it yet. You never know. Just time, yeah. You, you mentioned your keen about you know leaving the pub at two or three in the morning. I, I, I was watching the rugby today, and I was thinking about this, this talking to you tonight. And I can't remember which World Cup rugby it was, but we watched the, the whole thing live in the square. I know it was on the other side of the world. It was like four or six in the morning or something ridiculous. 
I think it was in Australia or New Zealand or something. That process. wasn't rugby. That, that was the World Cup, wasn't it? We were watching Uruguay play at six in the morning. It was when it was, it was in Australia. Some, it was something like that, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, yeah, we enjoyed it. I say when walking home, wearing pitch black at three in the morning, myself, yourself, and declared and our, uh, you wouldn't be able to see a foot in front of you. Not, I couldn't. You get you get to the the small crossroads, and we decide to have a race to see who's the fastest. One of us get as far as lanes as <laughs> <or> so. <laughs> we, we both lost. <laughs> yeah, we both lost the two horse race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, we some great nights on there. Even playing cards there when we used to do it on the Monday night, and like the square and, and the the, the Rapican team were very much kind of a. They came in tandem, like so. A lot of my Rapican yeah. memories would the square and kind of vice versa. Yeah, be some great like, singing songs there that kicked off after weddings and funerals and all kind of rolled the square. Yeah, I think you're right on that, and I think it, it was important to have that because it actually translated into playing on the pitch. Then you know, um, yeah, that's kind of how you'd that's, have the camaraderie off the pitch, the familial relationship that we were like we we're very close, and that we trained a couple of nights a week. And the nights we weren't training, there'd be one or two of us or three or four of us down the square having a point. That that's kind of what I felt. Yeah. Piercing, so I think moving to Rapik, and the only regret that I have is, is that I didn't do it sooner. Very good. Okay. Yeah, I know it's, I mean, I, you know, you chat down the square, you chat about matches, you chat about who you're playing next, and you, it was just, it was very interactive with each other, you know, it's great times in fairness. Now, as I recall, after one of those matches, one of those finals we lost, and the place was mobbed, right? It was, you know, crowds outside, yeah. and just everyone was there for us, and, you know, it would have been. The difference between winning and losing is huge, right? But we still celebrated, um, you know, with some great victories in semi-finals and quarter-finals and stuff. Like, I, I have medals from these games that I don't know where they are. Even the games that I won, I don't know where they are. The best nights I had at Beacon were some were losses and some were wins. They were just kind of moments and memories that we kind of shared together. They were fairly... Like, the losses are the ones that kind of stand out more than the wins because they kind of hurt more and they're more emotionless. Mm. So having mm. those shared experiences then with the rest of the lads... Like, we never really won the big one in hurling, and at the same time, we had some great nights out. Like. So you got your big money move to, to Boston, um, transfer fee, you transferred over, got your medical, the whole lot. Are you still playing out there, Keen? Did you play when you went out there? You know, how did you pick that up, or, or what way did you go about it? Because obviously, GA is in our blood, right? So when we, it tends to go with us when we travel. So what did you do when you went out there? So it was funny the way it turned out. Um, so I landed here on a Tuesday and I was playing on a, a hurling team by the Friday. Because I had, I had bought a, a pay-as-you-go phone and I gave that phone number to someone over here. And then I'd done the rounds and I was picked up by a hurling team called Worcester Hurling Club. They were like Junior C. <laughs> playing on the Wednesday and they were playing on the Sunday morning on a baseball field. So we went down there and I played a couple of nights. I was playing with them for a year or two. Um, but then... Our, and then contact me to go out and play football with them. Um, I actually got in touch with a guy who plays with Vincent's in Cork that had moved to Boston a few years ahead of me. Um, so I was in touch with him before I went out. So I ended up playing with Cork Boston, and I'm still playing with Cork Boston. Um, so their top team is Junior A. So I'm not sure if anyone knows the way Boston is set up, but there's an Irish cultural centre in a town called Canton, which is like maybe 40 minutes from Boston City. Um, but there's three football hurling pitches. There's a restaurant and an Irish pub there and a big marquee. So we spent our summers there, Saturdays and Sundays. They'd be games from 11 to four both days. Um, so the top grade in football is senior here. There's some pretty decent senior footballers coming and going out here. 
McDermott O'Connor was here a few years ago. There's Shane Carthy was here. There's been some pretty high-profile names have come and gone now since I've been here. Did you play um, with those lads? The money goes into it. No, they played senior with Donegal. Senior here is as good as any county team at home. Really? If a, if a team is it, yeah. in the county championship at home, mm. there, those players are getting contacted to come out here that they'd be given, geez, that could be ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 and they'd give them a job for the summer and they come out and they play. So I played do, you, do you get any... Um, Boston didn't have a senior sorry, football team. Junior A was their top team. So right. I played a couple of years and then I managed the Junior B team and I'm still playing Junior B. So you're managing Andy in, in, in Junior B? Yeah, for the last two years. So sounds like you, Cormac. Well done, fair play. Just a, a quick one on that, right? I'll tell you what, I, I was, I, you know, listen, if you want some advice on how not to do it, Keen, give us a shout. Um, I've got lots of that. I haven't a fucking clue how to do it, but how not to do it. I'm going to force my own path on how not to do it as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, just a quick follow-on, right? Obviously, uh, in the States, a lot of us, the Irish like Wover, get stuck in and they play it. But let's call it the Natives, right? The Native Americans for the want of a better term here, I could get in trouble for that, but um, do, do, the, do the locals play the game um, over there? Do they get involved in it, or is it just totally alien to them? Is it just Irish people that play the game? So we've, we've got a few Americans that are uh, actual Americans. They, they all have kind of some Irish link. They'd have a father or a grandfather or some kind of link back home. So they'd be aware yeah. of the Then we have a few Americans that just picked it up See, it's very difficult to pick up that thing. So you kind of have to play hurling since you're a kid, really, to have the skills and the... the it's not yeah. really it's the ability to protect yourself. So a lot of the yeah. try their hand at hurling and break a finger or doing because they wouldn't protect their hand or they'd be doing something. But So you could get Americans playing football, but very few would play hurling. Yeah, that's a fair point, I suppose. You'd need to be learning it from a younger age. Uh, you have a lot of the Americans who play so. soccer, so it's not too much of a, a transition over to GA footballers. Where do you get the hurlies imported over from from Ireland, or do you have a hurley maker over there? Or? So there's there's two two three manufacturers actually making hurlies out here, but the majority really? of the decent lads would bring them out over. So last time I was home, I brought five hurlies home that I bought in Lisgoul from Frank Walsh and brought them over. Right. So a lot of the when they go home and put it in order, and it could be 20 hurlies we brought over in the back of the suitcase. <laughs> yeah. They walk with like five hurlies sticking out of a suitcase, wrapped in a bit of tape, hoping that they wouldn't be thinking it was a weapon. <laughs> yeah, there's but, one fellow making hurlies out here. They're not great now, but they're all right for starting off. And if, if you thought, right, just to get a feel for the quality and the standard, if... Um, if your junior P B team was to play Rap Peakin's junior B team, um, who do you think would come out on top? I'd say Rap Peakin would come out on top, but he'd be close enough, I'd say. Would it? Yeah. Okay, so close genius, enough in terms of Our quality. junior A team would have a lot of senior footballers on it from home. Oh, okay. Right. And do you think you'd play yourself if that game ever happened? I'd play As a manager, would, would you, would you pick yourself or would you... <laughs> I think you would yeah, over I <clears throat> Tell me, King, tell me about the um you know, I lived abroad myself for a number of years and you know, look forward to mm. the Cork matches, the hurling and the football. Do you guys go watch the matches together? Do you, would you even watch the Cork matches now and stuff? Would you still have a 
passion for that. Yeah, we watch them together. So a lot of the times it's on when we're out in Canton during the summer anyway. So we might have our own game. So you'd watch whatever's on the TV. As I said, as I said in the ICC, the Irish Cultural Centre. So they're showing the GA there. So if you're not playing, you're kind of sitting in the bar with the lads watching the games. Mm-hmm. And, and did, you, did you watch? If, if, we, if, we were, if we're not in the ACC, there's a few bars in around the likes of Cambridge well, and Dorchester that would have pubs showing games anyway. So in general, if I'm not in the ACC watching with the lads, I'll meet the lads to watch the games anyway. I think you kind of have to have the, the, the Irish crew around you watching the GA. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with you. And it's interesting as well because you'd have guys from Tipperary or Dublin or Donegal with you. So you all have got your... Yeah. That local rivalry comes out then even more so than it does at home even, I think. But even yeah. like to, yeah. to be an armchair coach is way more fun when there's a couple of more understands how the game works and kind of what it yeah, means yeah. at home. Yeah. <laughs> From working, when you're watching it with the, the Americans and trying to explain the rules and you don't really get <laughs> people like so. Yeah, you know? yeah. Absolutely. So I, I take it, uh, in terms of watching matches, Keen, for, for 2020, I take it the Cork Kerry uh, semi final was your standout moment for 2020, was it? Did you get to see that last it minute hoop? Miss kick, never mind the hoop, slice off the outside of the boot and <laughs> landed in the square. I often got the same pass from the likes of yourself, so I kind of, I knew it was... <laughs> I said, geez, that has potential. <laughs> so yeah. you mean a pinpoint diagonal pass is what you used to get from me? Yeah, I can see that, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I'm still waiting for one. Uh, it was outside the ball, Keen. No, no shooting outside the ball. <laughs> Yeah, the famous ball. Hey, come on. Admit it, I bet you you're using that. You're using that over in Boston. I know you are. You just don't want to I'm definitely using balls a lot more than I used to be. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us, Keen, about the the big picture with the the J in general. You know, there's been some some rule changes. The mark came in there in football a couple of years, last this year or last year. Do you, do you still enjoy the inter-county game? I mean, Dublin's dominance is, is something, I guess. The hurling's kind uh, of come back. I think the football, is, was, the football for me was always a game that was, that was more fun to play than it was to watch. Right. Like, hurling is a game. Mm. I never really considered football a spectator sport. Unless you had something kind of in, invested in the game. Like, if Cork was playing, obviously I'd watch a Cork game. Yeah. There's very few games. Watch outside the All Ireland final and kind of the late All Ireland series for a football game sort of interest. Mm. I'd kind of agree with that, Keen. In terms, look, obviously I come from a football background, and I think over the last few years it's become less attractive to watch it. Um, you know, it's slowed down. The pace of it is slowed down. It's more measured. It's more slow build-up, ponderous type of stuff. That's just the way the game has gone. You know, who's to say that's right or wrong? It's much bigger as well. It's it's much more of a physical game. Oh, yeah. They're more interested in hopping off each other than playing quick football. Yeah, totally agree. Like, these days, the corner forward is as big as the midfielder who's as big as the full back. You know, it's corner forward. Those fellas are nearly bodybuilders the way they get bigger. They're massive. Even if you can see the county players that come over to Boston... But the shape they're in is phenomenal. They're, they're like rugby players. They're yeah. big, strong, fast fellas. Yeah, no, it has definitely changed. You know, there's no doubt about that. And I think Horland's, it's not that it's immune from that, but the game is just so fast that it doesn't become such an impact or such a major issue, I think, when it comes to Horland. As in, I would put kind of soccer and GA in the same, or in, in GA football in the same bracket. Mm. 
Yeah. Or even a game of rugby in comparison is much more exciting and much more eventful. If you could change anything, right, with, with, we'd, say, we'd say with football, because, look, Horland seems to be fine, or Horland if you want, is there anything that you would change in the game? Like, is there anything there you'd say, look, that's just, that needs to be changed? Um, uh, or do you think, you know, we just have to keep going the way we're going? As in, just on the spot, it's not something I gave much thought to, but I think it would be a decent idea to, make, to even say that a team has to have X number of players within both 45s and more 21s that you can't have 15 players behind the ball. I think the teams have gone very mm. systems now where you could have every player in the team in their own half. The, yeah. That's kind of the majority. Yeah. I see what I find kind of tragic about football is watching these defensive systems trying to be broken down by a team who could potentially be these footballers. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think they have to do something with that. If a team had to have six players in their own half at all times or something like that, just to, mm. to kind of stay spread out and kind of encourage more football than kind of crowding the ball and defensive systems, I think something like that would be something that might work. Mm. So, so let me ask you then, guys, so yeah. Cormac and Keane, so you're both coaching now and Rapikin are playing Cork Boston. You're the coach and you've got six men behind the 45. What would you do to outbox each other? We'll, we'll go to you first, Cormac, on this one. Oh, well, look, I think, and we, we had this in our call last week, I think the mark, uh, the, the forward mark, right? Uh, so if I was, I would put Clifford in full forward, um, or maybe Emmett Leahy, and just kick the ball into him. Just bypass those defenders. Um, see, the problem, the, the problem with Leahy is he might catch it, but he kicked the fucking thing wide. At least Clifford would have some hope of putting it over. If he so, kicks it at all. So I just want to apologize. There's been an awful lot of editing for Keane here with the language, Cormac. Just... <laughs> oh, sorry. Apologies. Yeah, apologies. I've got to tone down the language. So that would be my move, Denny. I don't know, Keane. What, what would be your So, so Keane, how would you counteract that then? So no, having played under for McConaughey, I'm well aware of his tactics. I think they'd push three <laughs> full-backs out half-back and just keep them outside the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That might work as well. <laughs> that might work as well. And if, and, but, if I see Emily here, back, I don't need any tactics. I can leave him in there. Let me just check that. <laughs> Boston. Cork Boston are three to one favourites now. Three to one on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Keen, let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit. And let's give oh. you some um, some quick fire questions. Um, <clears throat> so, and let's focus back in the days of the the, the dressing room over in the pitch or with Rapikin. So couple of questions in a row for you. Who was the biggest messer in your time in Rapikin in the dressing room? And you can't name yourself, as others have. I'd say Emmett or Bevan, I'd say, probably the two. The two. Emmett, I'd any, say more than Bevan. Emmett was up to something you couldn't take a raise off him. Any, any particular story yeah. you want to share with the, uh, the listeners? I'm trying to think which ones I can share with the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we will we, we, we move on. Now I'd have it's to go and be a bit more selective. My, my Emmett stories. He's been taken out of half time and he cried until Shawnee McElhenney put him back in football. <laughs> Remember that. Tell us, um, Keen, who was the player when you went training, th those days you went to training, who did you hate to mark in the old six aside or the half pitch? Hurling or football? Sean Hurling both. I still, I still have the marks to show. <laughs> And you have to come off and apologise to me afterwards. I'd be fucking off with a puss in my face. Yeah, Sean is a nightmare to mark. 
he's very cute to be pawing and dragging in. You, you'd always know it's on her mark too. Yeah, you, you, you'll be played against him as well. And speaking of playing, then clean, you know, those close matches we talked about earlier, you know, about, you know, we had some you know, great semi-finals, quarter-finals, we lost some, we won some. Mm-hmm. Who were the players you wanted on that pitch um, when it came down to the crunch in that last five minutes? You know, you stood up or looked up to, to get the ball to? Well, Aidan O'Brien, there's a few players. Aidan O'Brien, Brendan Hart, another one. Richie Reardon was always one, Martin Sullivan. But those were the days that we kind of, way we looked out, that we had kind of 15 fellas that were fairly reliable. There was no one that you kind of get the ball and say, oh, Jesus, it's going to come back towards me you know, again. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the reason for those couple of years is because mm. we had 15 or 16 fellas that could hurl. Like we never had a massive squad. I'd say if we had 20 for any squad, that's as much as we had. But there was always kind of 16 that you could pretty, you could rely on pretty much all the time. I was going to put you on the spot, Keane. Who, yeah. who was the best of them? Brendan Arm. For yeah. hurling, but just for the heart. He was yeah, one was fella that you knew 100% no matter what happened. Yeah, I, I still recall that goal he, in that county final. The first one, I think it was, that he brought us back into the game. It was, it was just incredible. And I think he had a broken hand at the time. If I recall correctly. He had just come back. He had a badly broken finger. He broke a, a Douglas or Blackrock. Blackrock, I think. Was it some city... Was it Junior B? Some city final. We played out in Blackrock, but he broke his finger badly. And just came, got back in, in time for the county final. He actually came on as a sub. He didn't start the game. That's right, yeah. He was a big loss that day at the start, but he did turn the game around and nearly got us over the line. What about... um? Who, who was the worst person keen for pre-match preparation for the club? Uh, probably myself, I'd say. It was never the greatest trainer. There's no one really stands out. It's the majority of fellas that I played, you know, kind of wanted to win and kind of gave it their all. I, There's I, no one you see in the square really having 10 points the night before a game. Yeah. Most fellas... I, 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 I think, Keen, we're, we're going we're gonna to accept your first answer to that question, actually. I think you were right in your first answer. Um, <laughs> we that's that's I'll tell you there's a follow-on to that because um you and I have been accused of the same thing. I think myself unfairly, but we let you answer that we've been accused of being economical with our energy on the pitch, right? Um some people call that being lazy, but we call it being economical with our energy. My excuse was that it was forward thinking just in case there was extra time, you know, you need to keep someone to tank. Why were you economical with energy on the pitch? Had you a reason? Was there a strategy behind that? The way I saw it, I only had so much. Uh, so if I used too much in the warm-up or training, I'd have nothing for the weekend. I always saw myself in kind of a burber spot. <laughs> but you knew there was, there was capable of winning. <laughs> so we're never going to get too much running. <laughs> I, I can't remember That's you ever running in training. Like a hurler being, the, being like the Berbatov. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, um, oh, so speaking of there's the training sessions, there's the matches, and uh, I've got to bring this up, King, because it's been on my mind. And I, I can't just, I want you to explain what happened. But Brendan Ahern wouldn't be a man for the social media, but every year, once a year, we hear this, this retweet or this, what is it, re-Facebook, whatever you call it, of this picture of you in a onesie. So tell us, uh, what was the occasion? How did you end up in the onesie? And how did Brendan catch you? <laughs> I actually blamed the country square for this one. Um, so this was on a Monday. But I had been out in the country square for the majority of the Sunday, so I was suffering a bit. And uh, pennies were going onesies. 
So I bought this onesie that was a tiger print kind of a thing. It was only you know, 10 or 15 euros, which was very comfortable. So I, in the hungover state, I was in, I decided I'd sit in front of the fire and on my onesie. But unbeknownst to myself, my mother had called Brendan if there was something wrong with the plumbing. So Brendan was coming <laughs> up to have a look. Whatever look I gave, the door opened and there was Brendan with a phone sitting over me. <laughs> All I could do was embrace it. There was no movement. I was caught. But yeah, so that comes up here. <laughs> anniversary of uh, me and my, my tiger red onesie. Uh, you, I regret you nothing. To be you were, you were always the trendsetter, Keen. I was talking to my daughter earlier and she was saying, Keen, uh, ask him about the pink hurley grips. They were brilliant. The first one she ever saw was on your hurley. So she was, uh, she always looks out for that. Uh, so. Yeah, it's and, the uh, one way I found that the hurley's Beard. The hurley would be there at the end of a game because no one wanted the hurley with the pink grip. I was, uh, I was chatting, <laughs> yeah, I was chatting to one of the lads earlier, Keen, and uh, again, kind of related to your house and stuff. Uh, but uh, one of the lads was asking, uh, Aiden actually was asking, what did you do all the change you brought back to your house? All his change, he said, you brought back to your house after one of those. It's great to win nights in the square. <laughs> I've no idea what the story is, but if you can tell us what it is. So yeah. I'm sure you, you know more story than, uh, than you care to remember, I'd say. So, Aidan, <laughs> so that we won things, and Aidan was a great man to get down for a couple of points with us in the square. But after a few points in, then Aidan would be going around telling us, that's just great to win one, it's great to win one. And he might say it 40 times in a night. So we got to the point that we said, okay, from now on, every time you say it, it's great to win, you have to put a euro into a jar. I remember it now. Got, we must have got 10 or 20 rounds for the whole lot of us over the years. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, can tell him, you can tell him the coins never left the square. The coins never left the square. Very good, very good. <laughs> That's great stuff, Keen. Oh, we'll, be, we'll, be chat, we'll be chatting to Aidan next week. So yeah. If you have any questions for Aidan, we'll uh, be sure to ask him. So send us, send us on them. Oh, yeah, so, so Aidan has hung up his boots by now, has he? Well, we're still asking him, but we haven't seen him on the pitch for a while. But... Uh, Maybe. We'll see. Crean, there's some great memories there. So thanks a million for having a chat with us. Um, I'm sure all the lads in Rapikin will be delighted to see your face and uh, hear your voice yeah. again. But I'll be asking about the uh, the pink curly grip and where's Keen and it, I can't believe it's eight years. It's that surprised me earlier. So uh yeah, so I'm hoping so thank to come you. back. I'm expecting the kid in three weeks. So I'm hoping to come back and meet the grandparents and uh Oh congratulations. So you're you're expecting in a couple of weeks? Oh congratulations. Yeah, three weeks. It's, it's all Congratulations. Going, good man. It's all going good, Keen. It's all, all, all good. Summer, so it might be a Please God, with the virus. Yeah, no, yeah. Best, well, yeah. best to look with that. And congratulations. It's, that's great news. It's, yeah. uh, it'll be a busy time for you. We're, we're homeschooling it's at the easy. moment. Myself, myself and Cormac are homeschooling. I, I fear for the future of our... Uh, that's that's the blind lead the blind. <laughs> I've, I've, listen, I'll tell you what, you've hit the nail on the head. It is absolutely the blind leading the blind on this one. Um, You're really I've discovered busy one Matt's of my talents. Busy at Matt's. Master Matt's, uh, busy at Matt's. Busy at Matt's. The Irish books, I'm just, my head's in a tizzy by the end of the day. You the way know? I see it, Carl, um, you didn't so. know it back then. You're not going to know it now. <laughs> and I didn't know it back then, Keen. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, I never talk Cormac would be texting me on a Tuesday morning. What's the English for this word in Irish, you know? But, uh, but so, Keen, thanks a million. Um, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, best of luck there in a few yeah. weeks with the, with the new baby. And uh, 
look forward to seeing you soon, buddy. Take care. Yeah, cheers. That's great to see you. Yeah. Listen, great stuff. And every, every success on and off the pitch, man, over there, right? Keep it yeah, going. same. Good stuff. Cheers, lads. We'll see you we'll soon. See you, we'll see you back here soon.